Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're back again to talk about a few more episodes of Voyager. And we're, we're sticking to the first season. We're, we're going early because we've been we're keeping an eye on Janeway and seeing how she develops. And as it happened, we didn't necessarily plan this, but there's a, some decent Doctor stuff in this one as well, since we're going to be... Yeah. We're going to be talking yeah, about holograms. Like we have actually missed a, a good Doctor one that we can probably go back to. The first one where you see him showing how good he's going to be, which is only the fourth episode, Phage. Oh, yeah, we're going to come back to that. Yeah, we're, yeah. Going, to, we're going to look at Phage and... Oh, I, forget, I always forget the name of it, but the one where he falls in love with the Vidian lady. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that so, two will be nice together. So, yeah, we think we'll do that. Possibly next episode, we might have uh, a special episode with Dr. Squee coming up as well. So it'll either be more Voyager or a, a one-off uh, with Dr. Squee. But for now, we're looking season one Voyager and we're looking at two decent episodes, uh, I think, yeah. anyway. Eye of yeah, the Needle I, and Prime season Factors. Season one, these are two that stand out, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, because these are the ones where... These are the sort of stories that you were expecting Voyager to be doing all the time because the main thing is how are we going to get home? And both yeah. of these episodes deal with sort of an opportunity to get home or something in that kind of ballpark. Yeah. So we've got a couple of different takes on it. I remember when Voyager first started airing or... I say airing, but I saw most of them on VHS in the UK for the first season, at least. And yeah, I, I think I was quite late with Voyager because yeah, I, I think I saw it when it came on, t- on TV over here, so I was quite late seeing most of it. Yeah, it took a while for us to get it on normal TV. Yeah. And so I was watching them on like the VHSs, and then I went to um, a convention. I'm thinking whether I should tell this story, but I think... I think the organisers of Lightspeed 95 have probably gotten away with it because what, what they did, they clearly had, this were in the days of VHS, they clearly had someone in America who was sending them VHSs of the show's yeah. tapes and they just had screening rooms just screening them constantly. So it was about <laughs> it was about halfway through season, season three of DS9 slash season one of Voyager and I'd got the VHSs up to that point, but then I went to this convention and just watched the rest of the the season uh, of <laughs> both of them over the course of the weekend, which is pretty cool. But um, you know what I was going to say is that there was a Star Trek magazine in the UK at the time, and obviously because we were way behind in when we got them, they had loads of production details long before we got it. And so I knew the outline of these episodes long before. I mean, they didn't, they weren't too bad with spoilers, but I knew that Eye of the Needle was going to be about them finding a wormhole and a new Prime Factors yeah. was going to be about them finding a, a transporter. And so I think these ones were really anticipated because they were like, it's the, the crew's first chance to deal with how 
how do we react if there's an opportunity to get home and how does yeah. that all work and everything. So they, they are good ones, I think, to revisit. Let's be honest, there's there's a bit of rubbish in season one of Voyager. Well, we looked at... Um, oh, what was the time travel one? Uh, time and Again, was it? No, yeah, maybe. Yeah, which was what was... The third episode. Third episode, yeah. Uh, it was pretty... Uh... Mm. Yeah, pretty bad. And yeah. then there's the cloud, which is just... I mean, what was going on I, in that one? I, I did actually watch that. It, it, I've watched um, quite a few of season one. I like... I don't mind. No, it, I so, don't. Because it's on Netflix, I've sort of... Oh, which one should we watch? So I've ended up watching... Season one through to where we are. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, you've had the the pleasure of the so, cloud. Yeah, I've had the pleasure. Of, is it a pleasure? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, that was the one that I remember. That was the first time I thought, "Ooh, there's summer up with this series. This isn't." Because I was so excited going into it. Next Gen had finished and gone out on a high, but, and DS9 were doing so well, well and I was I so excited the, uh, for I, Voyager. Like. I hadn't seen a lot of Voyager when it first came out. I was I was quite late. Like I, the first time I saw any of it was um, around at one of my mates because he had Sky. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think I I was living up Middlesbrough when this came out. Right. Uh, so I was living on my own, not well paying job. So I just had a me four channels at the time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd buy videos every now and again, and I and I had bought. When it first came out, the um, caretaker yeah. thought this is great, and I used to buy a lot of them like that. Yeah, but yeah. I couldn't afford to keep up with series. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I talk about it, but no, but I, I I usually rented them. God, video, but I'd always pick up like the first, the first episode. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, this is really good. And then I saw bits at one of my mates, so. I hadn't seen how bad some of it no, was. No, that was it. I mean, I, I, I got, I did get the first few videos because yeah, I was at school at the time and I had a bit of pocket money, and so I was, I got caretaker, great. Second video, parallax and time and again. So you were like, uh, not too bad, but yeah. But then the third video, phage, great, loved it. Like, right, we're we're on fire here. Yeah. And then the cloud, and I just thought, oh dear, this isn't. Oh. This yeah. isn't ticking the boxes it should it, be ticking. Like, this was a problem of Star Trek at one point. And I don't think the I don't think modern Trek is suffering from it in the same way. But the first seasons yeah. were all really bad. They were. Yeah, even DS9. You don't, yeah, and it's sort of like, <laughs> why are they so bad? You've got all this experience beforehand. Yeah. Why are you going back and doing what you've done before? Yeah, it didn't make sense because you know, Voyager's the third one, so uh, the third one in that run. So TNG had taken a couple of seasons to find its feet. Same thing for DS9. You'd think they'd have learnt the lesson and we're ready to hit and the ground running. Like we talked about last week with the caretaker, they'd done loads of prep work yeah. with the marquee and all that. It was all there for them and it's... Like, yeah. We haven't really explored it yet, but we will explore just how badly they dealt with Definitely. that. Definitely. deal with it. And that was the thing with me, because I was sort of using my pocket money to buy the videos. Like, 
it, they came out on the same day, a DS9 tape and a Voyager tape. And it was DS9, the Dominion War was just kicking off. And it was just like, right, well, my pocket money's got to go on DS9, you know. Yeah. I can't afford to buy both, and there's no contest at the minute. So, yeah. Anyway, Eye of the Needle then. So we start out, and you know, we're straight into the action. So it's we found a wormhole, and they have this thing of, oh, well, it'll take this long, and it'll take us off as journey. And, go, you know, on one level, I think this is exactly the sort of debate that Voyager should be having because their primary thing should be we are going it all out fast as we can. We're only stopping yeah. for essential supplies, etc., etc. Yeah. So it's good. It's it's realistic that they'd have this sort yeah. of conversation. Are we, are we going to investigate this or not? And, yeah. And two buckles. And. Um, we don't know where this wormhole goes. It could go to the Alpha, Gamma, Beta, back somewhere else in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. But then they go, well, that's a one in four chance. That's pretty good odds, actually. Yeah, but then I thought about this, and actually, unless it takes them further away in the Delta Quadrant, pretty much well, anywhere else is better. The Alpha Quadrant, well, fine. Well, Alpha and Beta Quadrant, like the Star Trek that we normally have. Yeah. It's part in the Alpha and the Beta Quadrant. Yeah, so Alpha and Beta Quadrant's fine. If it yeah, goes to um, the Gamma Quadrant, you'll be... It could be... be somewhere in the Gamma Quadrant that's closer than yeah. 75 years or, away. Or, as long as it's near the wormhole, you can use the Bajoran wormhole to get home. So yeah. I think it's really good odds with the wormhole that yeah. it's going to get you close. Unless yeah. it sends you back to the Acompa planet, you pretty yeah. much... As long as it's as long as long it brings you closer than 75 years. Yeah, exactly. good. <laughs> but the, the problem with this is it's really good that they're having this conversation, but then you think, well, wait a minute. In the cloud, we stopped to fanny about in a cloud because there was coffee in the nebula, you know, so... Yeah, because we wanted, tra- we wanted our... Rep- rations. Yeah, back. so that's not like, this episode's fault. You just wanted, repl- yeah. wanted replicating stuff. So th- that's not this but, episode's like, problem. I know we're it's not the cloud's at the cloud, problem. This really annoyed me co- with the cloud because what is it? The clouds episode five, something was like it? that. Yeah, yeah. One, and they've already running out of um, dilithium and everything. Yeah. It's like, what? Did Starfleet send you out on this mission with just what you need yeah, to do the mission? Just <laughs> enough fuel to do the mission, and that's it. You're not having any. Maybe the the dilithium shortage that we find out about in Discovery had actually started a lot earlier, and they just kept it under wraps. <laughs> like, and then there's a really good bit where they say Paris says we 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 should call it the Harry Kim wormhole, and Kim looks really proud. And I just looked at him and thought. That's before the years of not getting promotion shattered your enthusiasm. <laughs> That's a young man who still thinks I'm going to make yeah. a mark in my career. I'm mark yeah, bless him. Um, so the first twist, then, so there's a lot of twists in this episode. Is it's only a teeny tiny wormhole. And so that's gonna obviously feed it. We can't go through it, so we need yeah, to. <coughs> we can, but we can send a probe in. Yeah, so we've got to find other ways of doing it. Meanwhile, this is where we get some decent stuff with the doctor. Like we do get a B plot with the doctor and Kez, 
And it starts off with this other random crew member who's giving the Doctor a bit of shit, really. Like, he's ignoring the Doctor, he's talking yeah. to Kez. Yeah, the Doctor's treating him and he's going and he's asking Kez what's happening. Yeah. And it, I think this is really good, this story as well. You forget that... I mean, we do criticise Voyager for making a mess of its setups and things like that, but the Doctor's arc is really good. And yeah. you forget that at the start, he was treated by most of the crew, including Janeway in this episode, just as a programme. She she treated him like a programme for yeah. a long time. And she even says it outright in this episode. She's like, you know, Kez, the Doctor's not a person. He's yeah. he's just it, a programme. Program. And it, it's... Uh, like, we... We're getting complaints about him. Yeah, so we're going to... Perhaps we need to reprogram him. Yeah, exactly. It's not even like, at that stage, she's even thought to think about him as a person. She's just like, well, someone's telling me that a system on the ship's not working properly, so I'm going to reprogram it. And it's good that we see that, you know, the barometer moves a bit with Janeway this episode. And she starts to think, maybe I do need to think of the Doctor as a person. And there's a long way to go with it, but I like that we are dealing with that. And it yeah. is it is being dealt with organically at this stage, and it, they're yeah, not rushing it, it. Like I know we're not looking at the cloud, <laughs> but when you go back to the cloud, they're not even asking. He, he knows what they need to do. Yeah. And you've got him on mute. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> And that, that's very of our time, isn't it? People ending up being on mute and stuff, yeah. you know. That's quite incredible, really. Um, so, yeah, so the probe goes through and they realise someone at the it, other well, end... Gets stuck. Not yeah. quite all the way. Don't quite make it out. Gets stuck and someone else is looking at it. And it's building up a little bit of tension there with, you know, who's looking at it, what's going on and everything. And you've got, like, quite nice interactions with the crew. Like, you've got a bit of Harry and Bellana are talking about back home and you're getting quite a bit of character building, like we're finding out, you know, Harry's obviously got Libby. Um, the yeah, next... Harry's desperate to get home. Yeah, the next episode, but they, he doesn't but seem... But people like, like Paris and he's sort of like, well, I have nothing back home. This yeah. is great what's happening on Voyager. I've got a second chance here. Yeah, and Bellana's exactly I, the same. I'm in prison when I go home. Yeah, true. And Bellana's exactly the same. Like, she's, I think my mum's on the Klingon homeworld. I don't know. And the Maquis are my family. And I like that at this stage, we're still acknowledging the Maquis. You know, we're, yeah. we're not forgetting that these are two separate crews. And, the you know, these two episodes are good for showing that as well. So we get quite a bit of it in the next episode. And then, yeah, we find out the wormholes leading to the Alpha Quadrant. So the idea is we'll we'll try and send a message. We'll try and talk to someone. If we can't yeah. go through, at least we can... At least we can let people know that we're, not, that we're alive. Yeah, exactly. And then, bit of bad luck, though, they get a Romulan, and he pretty much hangs up on them straight away. Yeah. He's like... No, you're lying. You're saying you're in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, not a chance. Can't possibly be in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> yeah, not having any of that. And he hangs up on them. <laughs> but eventually they get back through to him and you get this bit in Janeway's quarters where she's talking to him and she wants him to pass on the messages. And it leads to eventually they get the view screen working. And it occurred to me watching it this time 
This is actually one of them money-saving bottle episodes. It's just the main crew. It's just the standing sets. We've got one yeah. guest star. But you don't think of it like that because the the events of it are so big. This is the first yeah. contact with the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, there's not even really any wormhole no, special effects. No, a little tiny bit, but... But it's still, even though it is effectively a bottle episode, it's a big episode, like the events yeah. are big. So yeah, it, it, it actually, this episode shows how good Voyager can be when it wants to be. Definitely, yeah. And that's without doing, and you don't need big space battles. No, it's it, just... It's just really good writing, really good drama. Yeah, it's classic and, Star Trek, a good dilemma. And yeah. it reminds me a lot. Um, it feels in some ways like a Twilight Zone episode, this particularly with the twists at the end. Yeah. Um, but Now, this gets me the twist, because once they get visual... Yeah. So they're talking to him, and they can see him. Why does it take till uh, he actually beams over till they recognise his uniform? Yeah, it's... <laughs> You've got to kind of go with it, haven't you? Because there's loads of things like... But you get my point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, talking to me, we're watching him on the view screen. We can see him. Oh, when he beams in, oh, bloody hell, I didn't notice you. <laughs> yeah. And the, they managed not to talk about anything that would give it away. Like, you know, the, the Voyager doesn't say, oh, how's the Dominion War going? Who are the Dominion? Um, oh, we, we've got, uh, there's a Mackie crew here as well. Yeah. The Who? They do, do say what the, sh what the ship is. Yeah. And he goes, I've never heard of that. And he goes, well, and Janeway goes, well, I'm sure that um, Romulan intelligence will know because we're not a secret vessel. Yeah. I quite like that interplay that they have where it's like he's sort of bragging about Romulan intelligence. He's like, oh, we'd know about it if there were, you know, don't you worry, the Romulans are on it. <laughs> We've got, all, and then he sort of has to admit, like, oh, well, actually, I've been out of contact for a while, so we probably well, have say, got. He's saying that, like, is he or isn't he? Because the Romulans do play games. The Romulans do play games and they lie a lot, so there's a lot. I, of... like, the, I like how he's there, like, even to pass messages, and she goes, all we want you to do is pass messages to our families. Yeah. To say that we're alive and well, yeah. and we're trying to get home. We're a long way from home. We're stuck here, but we are attempting to get home. And even now, he goes, I will need to get permission from the Romulan High Command before I even accept the message. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So uh, you can read them all. You can fully examine them. And yeah. But it's <laughs> like, no. still need permission. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, I get the impression that this guy's actually, he's quite a low-down guy. You're like, this isn't an important Romulan it's, he's not allowed to do anything without the boss's say-so kind of thing. But he's trying to blag Janeway that he's he's bigger than that and he's actually yeah. got a bit of authority, but he hasn't. And there's I like the stuff, like they start talking about we're going to beam people through the wormhole and all this, and there's a bit where Janeway looks at the picture of Mark, her fiancé, and yeah, because he, he packs her in, doesn't he? Later on, like we find out, but yeah, and also well, in the next episode, she's a bit mm, getting a bit fast and loose with it. But at this stage, she's still still committed to Mark. Um, and I like that they've got this thing that they've been through, like they'll we'll send this test cylinder through, 
and this makes all the sense in the world. It's like we've got this thing that's got loads of different types of matter in and everything like that. Yeah, and biomatter <laughs> and so we always send this through to see if it's gonna knacker everything first. They probably invented this after Star Trek the Motion Picture where they beamed that guy up and it turned him inside out. They were probably <laughs> we probably need someone to send up first so that we don't yeah. we don't like kill people and all this. So well, that's been, uh, that's been uh, retconned, hasn't it, a little bit that they shouldn't have, that Starfleet Command shouldn't have started beaming. Somebody somebody low down had um, given the okay on something that they shouldn't have. Yeah. And the other thing as well is, you know, they were they were in a rush at the time. It was like, we've got to get out to Vija. We've just seen that it's taken three hours for Kirk and Scotty to get up here on a shuttle. Like, we can't <laughs> afford to do that with yeah, all the crew. That's because it's sightseeing. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the Romulan comes over, and the, t- the first big twist is that he's from 20 years in the past. So at this point, Janeway must have just been like, oh, shit, I've just let a Romulan on a ship from 20 years in the future. We've let him wander around. He could have had a little camera hidden. He could have been taking pictures of all this technology. We've got this bioneural circuitry that he could have been tea-leafing. You know, so I, I bet she, her ass were nipping a little bit there once she realised where this guy were actually from. Um, But, yeah, so... The the debate then is he offers to like I'll stop the launch of Voyager, you know, I'll wait twenty years, then I'll tell the Federation yeah. what's gonna happen. And you get Chakotay jumping in going, No, no, we've had too much of an impact on this um this section of space and all this already. And mm, maybe yeah. I'm but... sort of thinking, <laughs> have you really had that big of an impact? You've yeah. killed the kids. Who brought you? Who was dying anyway? He was dying so, anyway, you know, so that would have happened so anyway. If you set the Kazon, who wouldn't have known about you? Yeah, maybe um, the Kazon would the have probably... The Kazon would have probably killed the Acompa if they hadn't got there. Well, they're probably going to anyway. Yeah, true. Uh, actually, though, I just thought now, this has just occurred to me. He says, I'll stop the launch of Voyager... So that's probably why Chakotay pipes up. So he's like, well, hang on, I'll still be stuck there. Even if you stop Voyager going out, yeah. I'm still going to be here. Yeah, so he no. Wanna. Exactly. That's why he's like, no, 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 don't do yeah, that. It'd still be there. Yeah. They'll be knackered on their own. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then the second, they decide ultimately, right, we'll give you the messages. You can pass them on in 20 yeah, years' time. And he just says that, I will, we'll make sure the messages get. Passed on. Yeah, and I think he would have done so. I think Romulans, even though they lie a lot, I do think they keep the word. If they make a promise, yeah, they will like, do it. Like, he's obviously got permission from the high command at this point. Yeah. To get the messages, because he said he wouldn't take them without permission. Yeah, true. So he's obviously got permission to pass them on from high command. Yeah, that's true. I think sort of... Re- takes out all of this part at the end where the ship was destroyed and he's been Oh, dead. yeah, because if they'd have... But then that raises other questions, doesn't it? Because now that they know the 20 years have passed, um, they'd have to go into their messages and go, right, we've got to take out anything that the Romulans might be able to 
might be able to because if the Romulans are reading it to check that there's nothing dodgy about these messages, yeah, and you know Harry Kim in his says something like, "Oh, the Maquis are here, and how's the Dominion War going?" and the the Romulans will read it and be like, "Oh, hang on a sec." I think I I get the impression that Costa can just send messages home. All the sort of saying is, "Hi, mum. Hi, dad. Oh, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Um, we got drugs by an alien technology to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, um, but we're alive and well, and we're trying to get home. Yeah, probably. Just be something. I think it'll be that. I don't think there'll be any talk of Dominion War. No, I'm or... sure it'd have to be. I bet too, fucking. And, and, and I think it'd also be because the other Romulans are going to read them, not to mention anything whatsoever to keep it exactly. just a personal stuff. Yeah, and I bet Tuvox vetted them all anyway before he yeah. lets them go out. So, yeah. And then, like you say, the other twist then, and this feels like a Twilight Zone twist to me, is like, oh, it was all for nothing because this Romulan died <coughs> well, four I, years I ago. Don't, I don't get see that. I think that they've probably been informed by the Romulans mm. because this Romulan will not have kept the messages. He's got permission for the messages to be sent by High Command. Yeah. And as soon as he's got hold of them, they have been sent to High Command. Yeah, because like you say, this would only work if he was keeping them just personally to himself and he's not passing them on. But like you say, with with the way... With the problem, that's not going to happen. No, with the, the Tal Shiar and the Jat Vash yeah. and all of that business, that, yeah, everyone's had a copy of these. And yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's what happened then, like, you know, the, the Tal Shiar or whoever's got hold of these and they've picked them apart trying to learn anything about the future. And then this guy, they know's been... In fact, I bet the Tal Shiar killed this fella four years before he were due to give the messages so that he couldn't... He wouldn't be there to say, let's give the messages, so they get I, to keep I, it. I actually like to think that the messages have been fine. Like, they've probably got to their parents... That, other families and have gone. Hi, retracted, retracted, retracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trying to get home. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like, oh, they think it's like a spam email or something. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, what you might find is that the Romulans maybe haven't passed any of the messages on. Yeah, but after this star day. They've made a, a um, just a contact with Starfleet Command, the Federation, and said, "We've received information that yeah, the Starship maybe. Voyager has been transported to the Delta Quadrant." Yeah, maybe so. Um, they've maybe not even transferred the messages, but they've maybe been able. They've maybe said the Starship Voyager is. In the uh, Delta Quadrant, yeah, could have been. Discuss messages. We're not we're not forwarding them, but we can tell you this. <laughs> I like the idea that they have forwarded them, but like when the family's got them, they've just deleted them because they, you know, they they know that there's loads of like phishing scams out there where people pretend to be Romulan sub commanders. They'll have gone through high high end uh, diplomats and all that world. Yeah. 
high-end Romulan diplomats saying that they need to, like, to send them money. So this will have been used by the Romulans as a for something else to sort of... Yeah, we've got this, this information. It's become part of a scheme to give the Federation this to look to look friendly. Maybe so, yeah. That would be a good... A, a good tie-in novel. Um, I, I'd be surprised if no one's thought of doing it, but like this Romulan story after this and how he keeps the information and how he tries to pass it on and everything, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, so the other business before the end of the episodes then with the Doctor, and you've got a couple of nice scenes throughout the episode with it, like, it, first of all, he says, I want to be able to turn myself off because either people leave me on or they turn me off when I'm in the middle of doing something. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, it, it does say nice. He comes out with one to Kess, doesn't he? He goes, like, I've heard that the crew might be transporting to, back to the Delta Quadrant. Mm. This is Back to the Alpha Quadrant. This is before I found out that they couldn't. And he goes... Will you make sure before you leave that you turn me off? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be stuck here, switched on, with nothing to do. Yeah, which makes it a bit ended up like Marvin, the paranoid android, yeah. <laughs> just left on his own forever yeah. on this ship. In a, just in one room. <laughs> I would imagine, though, that if they had have done it, they would have had to have set the auto-destruct because they couldn't have left yeah. they couldn't have Voyager. Left Voyager. In, yeah. yeah. So it would have been turned but off one way or that oh, don't worry about being switched off we have to blow you up yeah exactly. yeah it wouldn't have liked that like we'll turn you off don't worry then you'll get blown up so that's fine and he does sort of have a bit of character development at the end so he actually puts his foot down and makes sure the guy talks to him yeah and we finish with him saying that he wants a name and i think this was going to be a big thing wasn't it the doctor finding a name and i think they always planned originally, that they were going to give him a name. But yeah. then they thought, oh, it's more fun to call him the Doctor, and left it. I think it worked, actually, all the way through, just sticking to him being the Doctor. Yeah, I think it did. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that in the early days, he was going to be called Dr. Zimmerman, uh, you know, after yeah. his creator, and he was going to decide on that as his name. But they obviously well, it, changed fair, the mind. Even what we got in the last episode, didn't it? I oh, was it Joe? Joe. Yeah. yeah, strange. <laughs> what, seven years and that's not what you came up with? <laughs> yeah, that was it, but, yeah. <laughs> and what was the one, oh, I mean, we we might come to it, actually, so it's a good Doctor episode, but the, um, is it called, ah, oh, forget the name, Heroes and Villains or something, where it's the Beowulf in the holodeck and he's, he's oh, going to be called yeah, Schweitzer. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Anyway, so that pretty much covers that episode. I think it's a good fun episode. Yeah, I think it's I think it it's good. It's got some nice twists. It's, like we say, it's got that bit of character development of the Doctor yeah. becoming part of the crew and Janeway recognizing him as part of the crew. Definitely, yeah. So, so she does give him the ability to turn himself off. Yes, she does. And yeah, so it is the start of him getting a bit of independence, yeah. if you like. So let's move on then to the next one. So the next episode we looked at then a few episodes later was Prime Factors, which is 
another sort of chance to get home potential one. But yeah. <clears throat> it's also the first time we see Voyager really kind of engaging with the Prime Directive. And I, I think this is another really strong episode. I like this because it puts because the on the reverse side of the Prime Directive. Yeah. And Janeway sort of calls it out, but yeah, you, you're right. It's it's not something you see very often. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see how Starfleet deals with that. And obviously we see a number of different reactions by different members of the crew, and it is really interesting. And you see, again, like we always say like our oh, Voyager squandered all its potential and everything, but there is evidence in this first season that they were trying. And yeah, it it's, just it's really it's really bizarre. It's like they take one step forward and two steps back. Definitely. Like, I mean, if you look right at the start of this episode, we've got Belana chatting with Seska and their two Maquis crew members are, well, we assume yeah. Seska is at this point. And then they bring sort of Harry and Tom into the conversation and you get Janeway and Tuvok commenting on, like, the, the crews are starting to, to bond sort and intermingle. But it is this thing of there is still a distinction between the two of them. Like, yeah. the Maquis are sat with the Maquis, the Starfleet are sat with the Starfleet, and the, the, they do talk to each other, but they don't go and all sit together. Like, yeah. they're still on opposite chairs. So it's, it is interesting. And another thing they're doing here is we're getting Seska set up, and obviously there's twists and things with Seska later in the season. And, you know... Arguably, the overused Seska later on. I think we probably saw her a few too many times, but it, well, yeah. Unless um, all MKs on Raiders are supercharged, yeah. <laughs> but they are laying the groundwork for it, and it shows that they were they were forward planning. You know, they're introducing this character early, setting her up so we yeah. know she's a part of the crew. Like to be fair, she was actually like I remember seeing this originally, and she'd become quite a good member of the crew. Yeah. And I liked her as part of the Voyager crew, so they did set it up nice. Yeah, they, re- well, they did. That was... There was, uh, whoa, what's happened here? Yeah, really well done. And it all sort of starts off then. They get a distress call, but it's not a distress call. It's the guy saying, no, you're in distress. And this guy's really interesting. Like, I really like the guy's performance. Like, he's got this little bit of a an accent that I'm not quite sure where it is, but yeah, I've been trying to pinpoint. Where I have, but and, and the way he talks, like he's got this, he comes across like a bit of a smoothie sort of con man. You know, he's like, hey, yeah. hey, I just love to enjoy myself, and we're gonna help yeah. you, and all of this stuff. So I think it's a good, a really good performance because he, he comes across initially. Really nice, going out of my way. But you do get the sense that there's a bit of a sleazier side to him hiding yeah. under it. He's a bit too good to be true. And while we're on the subject of Gaff, then, the whole species... I know Star Trek gets a lot of stick for just having different bumpy foreheads and stuff like that. But they've, they've not even tried with these guys. Like, they're just going to have... They're going to be completely human... But they're all going to have long hair and it's going to be done in a weird bun. Yeah. 
and that's it. <laughs> it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, so, I, yeah. Like, you can, I know people have a go at Star Trek for it, but it does happen in other sci-fi. Oh, absolutely it does, and, yeah. And you can see why, because it, it's budget. It's like, we can't make, it's it's a lot cheaper to make all, all the costumes out of one colour and one piece it of is, yeah. buying loads and loads of... Yeah, and it's, you know, it's easier to... And it also identifies them as, this is what this species looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that an entire species will have the same hairdo, but if that's their thing, that's their thing. Yeah, so fair enough. Thing. And, yeah, like, they, they go down for a bit of shore leave and... They're there just offering gifts of everything. You know, oh, do you want something making out of this? And we can do yeah. you a whole wardrobe and we won't run out. Yeah, uh, it, like it's obviously <coughs> a hugely advanced civilization and they have no wants or needs. No, it's so just. They literally say that we just look for pleasure and we look for new things. Yeah, that's just what they're all about. And like, he does get a bit sleazy when he says to Jay, where he's like, when I see you wearing this scarf, my pleasure will be greater than yours. Like, <laughs> all right, mate, come on. That's a bit much. But yeah, he's he has got the hots for Janeway in this oh, episode. Yeah. He is all over her. And Harry also, Harry's out on the pull as well in this one. Yeah. Harry pulls in this he one. Does. He, he don't go anywhere with it. No. He's a bloody idiot, but he, that's Harry. I'm going to say, in fact, Harry just completely cockblocks himself when they... Yeah. Because they, they go to this other planet, and this is obviously where we start with the, the main story. But, yeah, yeah she takes him get, there. We get our uh, transporter that drops up in Picard. We do, yeah. Which, yeah, the Borg have assimilated them, so... Yeah. I'd like to see this gaffer as a, a bog drone. That'd be all right. Like, hey, resistance is futile, man. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be quite we'll a good... We'll assimilate you for the pleasure of your... Yeah, sure, come on. I'll make you a bog outfit. It'd be great. <laughs> when I assimilate you, the pleasure will be greater for me. <laughs> it'd be good. That's another one they should do as a spin-off novel. But, um, so, yeah. First of all, Harry, she takes him to this thing and she goes, oh, Don's about to break. And he goes, no, wait a minute. It can't be Don. You could be on the other side of the planet, Harry. Like, do you know how planets work? Transports work. Like, it, it's not light all on one, you know, the whole side of the planet. But eventually he twigs that we're somewhere else. And then she's throwing herself at him. She didn't have, but aren't you impressed with how fast his maths is? Oh, yeah. No, he does. You're right. Because he goes, there's two suns. I can't remember the name of their planet. Uh, Sikara. Sikarans. Sikaria. Yeah. And he goes, you've only got one, one sun. And she goes, oh, no, we on so-and-so, so-and-so. And he goes, how is that possible? Oh, well, it's only um, a billion times the distance from our star to yeah. Sikara. And he goes... That's 40,000 light years. Yeah. It's bloody quick, man. It is quick. And not only that, but somehow he knows exactly how far they are from their sun. And he's remembered that. And then he's done... Yeah, right. It's really good maths. (laughs) Um, Obviously, you know, that's where all the blood is going is to his maths brain. 
No. Yeah, he shouldn't have been going to his masquerade. No, exactly. Like she's, she's proper throwing herself she at She is. Me, me, should we give him benefit of doubt and say he's thinking about Libby and it's it's not actually that he's... It's because it's only eight weeks since the left. Yeah, he's, he's still... It's, it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, so he's, yeah he's, and we, we look at an episode of being awake. So. Yeah, so he's, he's still in love with Libby. That's why he's not interested. It's not that he's just such a nerd that he... He has already been on a date with one of the Delaney sisters. Well, you get the impression that Tom's... Made him. Yeah, made him do that, and he fell off a kayak or something daft. Man, everybody... Yeah. Oh, he fell off a gondola, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so he went through a tunnel and she threw herself at him. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's it. Everyone's throwing themselves at Harry and he's just having none of it. Well, they did talk about this, didn't they, with the Delaney sisters? Because you do see the Delaney sisters. I was going to ask you that, twins. whether you actually see them. Yeah, you do see them, and the twins. But Harry fancies the other one. Right. The one that keeps being with him fancies Harry. But Harry fancies the other one who was not interested in him. Uh, always the way you see with twins. Uh, yeah, identical twins, yeah. He, doesn't fan- he fancies the other one. Right, it's obviously a personality thing, you know. Harry sees yeah. past looks, and yeah. and then Harry's not the only one because Janeway's getting a little bit friendly with Gaff when when Harry runs up. It looks like she's about to go in for a bit of a kiss there, you know. Yeah, so does. so she's not as loyal to Mark as Harry is to Libby, evidently. Yeah, but and it, and it is that thing that we've got to remember here that. In theory, they've only been away two months. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, bloody hell. Yeah. But, you know, you go you go for a shit that takes longer than that. But yeah. anyway. They've only been away two months. And, like, the, they obviously haven't gone far in the Delta Quadrant, but they already know that the, the caretaker had the technology to move them 70,000 yeah. light years or thing. And it's also told them already... That his partner is out there who yeah, has the technology. Exactly. And so there's, there's obviously technology in the Delta Quadrant to get them all. Yeah, and we've already found a wormhole, as we saw in the last episode, yeah. and we've just found a transporter that'll do it most of the way. So, yeah, you, you're falling over it. But you know, maybe it's kind of, you know, how people say, oh, well, if it happens in a different postcode, it don't count. Maybe if it happens in a different quadrant, it doesn't count. That might be Janeway. Oh, you know, Janeway and Mark might have an open relationship for all we know. But anyway, so this is where the Prime Directive thing comes in. And it's basically the Sakarans have got their own version of it, which is absolutely right. Like, yeah, we can't share our technology, so we don't know what you'll do with it. You're not as advanced as us. We can't share advanced technology with you. Yeah. And I like that. And I like Janeway's bit where she's saying it's the first time we've been on the other side. And that is a really interesting dilemma to put a Starfleet crew in. So it's like, right, how many times? We do this all the time. (laughs) Yeah, how many times have a planet cursed us for not breaking it? And now we want them to do it. And if we violate their prime directive, what does that make us? You know, so it's, it's a really... Really good, interesting dilemma for the episode. Uh, there is a little bit, though, where they talk about, well, uh, I think it's Chakotay who says, doesn't he? He says, like, 
you know, well, certain Starfleet people have ignored it under certain circumstances, like damn right they have. You know, we've watched enough episodes of yeah the original series the and original TNG. series uh, about one in three. <laughs> I would say so, something like that. Um, and we, you get the other sort of strand of the episode here, where it's like stories are pretty much their currency. Which yeah. I find that re- a really interesting concept because, like, so much of our culture is defined by stories, whether we think about it directly or not. Like, if you look at effectively, and I'm not disparaging anybody's beliefs or anything here, but all the major religions are based on stories. Whether you choose to believe those stories are true or not is up to you. Yeah. But they are so much of society is based on those stories. And then, you know, popular culture is largely made up of films and television. And so we're obsessive about stories there. And if if you look particularly in the world over the last year, like in this episode, they talk about Harry tells his story and she's like, may I share your story? But over the last year in our world, We've not had any new stories to tell because our stories have been, well, I stayed at home. So I stayed at home and I've watched TV. Exactly, and that's did, the thing. Did you see did you see so and so on TV? Yeah, the most exciting story that's happened to me this year, this last year, is probably when I rewatched 24, you know. So <laughs> I find this idea of stories as currency a really interesting thing, particularly right now. Because that is what we're all engaging with most, probably at the minute. Because yeah. we're, we're not writing our own stories; we're we're just watching other people's at the minute because we don't have a choice. So I do find that a really interesting concept, and I like the idea that like they get excited by this idea of "Ooh, you're going to give me a library literature." It's whoa, ho, ho. and it did cross my mind though this time where she says like centuries of stories and i'd have loved it if like gaffer had said you know do you have george R. R. martin's song of ice and fire and janeway could have easily said no he's not finished writing the sixth book yet <laughs> you know? in 24th century hurry up george you know, come on <laughs> so i really like all that stuff and then this is where we start to get the the maquis and everything coming in against Bilana and Seska are like, oh, shall we start running a few simulations? And Bilana takes a bit more talking round. Yeah, Bilana's sort of becoming part of... Bilana's been made the chief engineer. Yeah. And, and she's doing her best to actually follow Starfleet and Federation. Yeah, protocols. she is. And that's the thing. It's like Belana does have a Starfleet background. Like she got yeah. kicked out of the academy, but she does have that. And now she's getting sort of a second chance to live up to it. But I, I like the dynamic. It's maybe a little bit, <coughs> a little bit too on the nose that it has to be the Maquis crew members who are thinking about this because surely pretty much everyone would be. And you do, they do make a concession to that, because the Starfleet guy does come over and go, okay, so, you know, I'm up yeah. for this as well. So I like well, all I of that. I think it starts as a marquee thing, because the marquee are probably more likely to to do that. They don't have yeah. the, the same ideals and the same yeah. philosophy and all that as Starfleet. No, but definitely. Being an unusual situation. Yeah. 
And this is talked about. This is talked about a few times with it. Do they carry on as a Starfleet crew or not? Yeah, and you know, obviously in the first episode, not just this episode, but it, it does carry on for quite a while. Yeah, and it is. Should we should we be a Starfleet crew? Yeah, it is a and it, it is a debate worth having, and it is one like I think we said when we watched Caretaker, like it would have been interesting to see Chakotay and Janeway hashing that out. Yeah. Like, how's that going to work? Do do we do that? Are there benefits to doing it the Maquis way? And in this episode, there, there would have been. But And then, meanwhile, you've got some schneidy guy offers a deal with Harry, like, I'll sell you it if you bring me the yeah, stories. He, yeah, he goes, like, I'll tell you straight, they won't do the deal. They will not give yeah. you the technology. And this is where we sort of and find let's out... Be honest, the Federation would be the same. Yeah, they would. Someone might... They might get offered something, but for some literature and all that, well, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's I think it's not not so much that necessarily, but it's it's they're not gonna break their own prime directive. But Gaff's yeah. been kinda stringing Janeway along a bit, hasn't he? Like, oh I'll take yeah. it away and I'll talk to the people and I'll do this and basically he's trying to keep her there long enough to have his way with her, and well, <laughs> well, he's he's trying to get Voyager to stay with them, isn't he? Yeah, because that's the thing. If Voyager stays, they will get all the stories anyway, yeah. and he'll get to have a bit of fun with Janeway, and you know whatever it is <laughs> he wants the to next do. Shit, which, like, I get the impression that it it isn't looked at. But I always got the impression with this race because you're always looking for the the new thing, yeah, and the new experience that Voyager would only be. The centre of attention <laughs> until the next ship arrives. Oh, definitely. I think that's definitely the case, yeah. And that's kind of the crux of it is what do we do now? So do we do the deal with this guy or do we effectively leave empty-handed? And Seska's trying to drum up support and I like it. I don't know how far in advance it were planned, but there's a bit where... She's talking to Bellana and she says, you know, we're, we're doing it, the Maquis still out there and we're not going to let them down until we've, you know, saved the, the demilitarized zone and all this. And it's, when you look at it, knowing what you find out about Seska later on, this is just pure manipulation. Like, she don't oh, care yeah. about that. But she knows that that'll trigger Bellana and oh, get yeah. Bellana on the side. Push your buttons here. Yeah, definitely. So it, it takes on a new edge when you know where where Seska's going. And then I think there's a really good twist where Tuvok turns up. Like, you think he's here to arrest, arrest them. them, basically. But he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. do it. And I think that's a brilliant twist. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you don't expect it, but... He's sort of weighed it up as well, and he's used Vulcan logic. As yeah, he has. In Federation. And it does scan his logic that, you know, on one level, logically, yes, it would break the Prime Directive, but it might get us home. But yeah. also, he, he's right in that he says, well, I knew Janeway couldn't say, let's do this. So logically, I should be the one to do it, and it saves her the decision. And yeah, so yeah, I'm going to do it behind the back, and like he gets ripped apart for it later by you. He does, and right yeah. So, and, and and she says quite rightly, 
um, it is not your place to make these decisions for me. No, exactly. And I like that her reaction to Bilana and her reaction to Tuvok's different. It's Bilana, she's just angry. It's like, I've given you a chance and this yeah. is what you've done. But Tuvok, it is more, it's like that cliche, like I'm not angry, I'm disappointed sort of thing. Yeah, because, and, and she is, she's really disappointed that yeah. he do something like this. He, he thinks... He takes that up on himself. Yeah, he thinks I'm being your best, like your confidant, your closest ally by doing this because I'm saving you the decision. And she's like, well, no, what I need from my closest person is to be able to rely on them that they won't yeah. go behind my back. And yeah, it's great. It's... It's one of those things where Vulcan logic doesn't work with humans. Like, if, yeah. if this were two Vulcans, the Vulcan captain would go, I understand why you did it logically. Now, logically, yeah. I must punish you accordingly. But but they would understand it. But he just doesn't get the emotional side of it. There, it's, a, it's a betrayal, and that's an emotional thing, not just yeah. a logic thing. And I like his like closing line. He says, "Like my logic was not at fault, but I was." Yeah, which is really good. And, and, it, and it is right. His logic wasn't at fault. No, he, he was right. But yeah, as a as a person, as a friend to Janeway, he he was wrong. He was wrong. And then obviously it doesn't work because we're only yeah. like however many episodes in, and we can't go home yet. <laughs> so but, yeah, like yeah. The, Basically, the technology is incompatible. Yeah, which was always going to be the case. The Borg obviously get round that problem because they say, like, we've got to be near the planet, which is why we've got to do it now. We've got to do it now because there's some sort of radiation or something. So the Borg, when they assimilate this species, they must have something else that can compensate for that. Well, it also says that it works on them... Negative neutrinos, which is something the Federation doesn't yeah. have technology to work with. So the Borg have obviously, obviously, when the Borg have assimilated the oh, what's the species? Sakarans. Sakarans. They've they haven't just assimilated this technology. They've assimilated all the knowledge that goes. Oh into yeah, the exactly. And all the other species uh, and everything that they've yeah. assimilated. Um, oh, it isn't that they have to. Did they have to do it at the planet? I thought yeah, they, they had to do it at the planets. It's like, we, we need to break orbit, so that's why. Because originally, Tuvok's going to go and tell Janeway that they've got it, and it's one of them things like, it's easier to ask for forgiveness after the fact than it is to ask for permission kind of thing. Yeah. So I think he's thinking, well, if I tell her we've already got it, the damage is already done, we might as well use it to get home. But Bilana's like, no, no, we, we've got to do it before he gets there because if we leave orbit... She might stop us. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, like we say, it doesn't work. It's going to cause a warp core breach and everything. And this is where you get this thing with Seska that she's like, well, we can cover it up and make it look like we didn't do it in the first place. And she's like, no, we we tried we it. We played his hand. It didn't work. We've got to take the blame for it. And that's showing Belana is coming along. You know, she's she's going to fit in with the Starfleet way of doing things. So I think that's really good character work for Belana. It's also subtly setting up a lot of things for Seska. 
and it's really good stuff with Janeway and Tuvok. So I, I think this is it's one of the best, I think, season one episodes of Voyager. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much two really good ones to, to focus yeah, on it, there. It's too <laughs> early on, it's two interesting ones of looking for a shortcut home. Yeah. And that is something that they said that they'll try to find a way to get home quicker. Yeah, definitely. It's just... And, yeah. and the two very different methods. Yeah. Unfortunately, neither of them work. But what I'm right interested in at the minute, and it just occurred to me the other day, I think I might write an article or something about it, is um, I'd like to look at the other shows and see how quickly the other crews would have been able to get home. When you look at how many technologies there are or how many things to do it. So, like, if you look at the original series, the Guardian of Forever could have done it. So, yeah. end of season one, they could have been home. Next gen, the the Traveller upgrades the engines in, like, episode three or four. Yeah, so, uh, Hugh could have snapped his fingers. Yeah, Picard could have cracked it early. DS9, they find a wormhole in episode one, so that's job done. <laughs> Voyager takes seven years. Enterprise, not sure. I'd have to go and check. But Discovery, episode four, they get the jump drive working. So Picard, they're using Borg subspace conduits by the end of the season. So basically everyone else could have done it. Anyway, so next time then we're going to, as I say, we've got a a special episode coming up with Dr. Squee. We're we're working out the schedule in it at the minute, so that might be the next episode. If not, we'll look at Phage and the other Vidian oh, Doctor Rob. one. Yeah. And if in the meantime you want to let us know what you think, get in touch with us. Uh, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. We can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Or you can come on us Facebook group, have a chat with us on there. Just search for Retrek. And thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.